0: Welcome to Busy,
1: Stressed, and Food Obsessed with host and author of the award-winning book of the same name, Lisa Lutan. Lisa has amazing tips to help you slow down, get healthy, manage your time, improve your relationships, and deal with stress. Now, here is
2: Lisa Lutan hey everyone welcome to the show today's going to be a super cool show because i'm experimenting with a different format than usual i have three different guests who are all going to offer you words of wisdom on ways to live a more empowered and fulfilling life when i was thinking about the show i started thinking about one of my favorite books which is man's search for meaning by Viktor frankel i won't go into the details of the book right now because i'll save that for another show But I will tell you that when I closed that book, I thought for the first time in my life, what exactly is my life purpose? I knew instantly. My purpose was to help others thrive. And in doing that, I too would thrive. And I realized I had been doing it my entire life. So what's really cool is that apparently a lot of other people have that same life purpose. And they want to help you thrive as well, and I think Three people that I have on the show today all want to see you thrive. So let's introduce our first guest. Her name is Alicia Miller. Alicia is a core emotional healing expert, motivational speaker, author, coach, inner child and journey facilitator, and she specializes in the emotional connection between the mind and body for self-healing. Alicia, welcome to the show. Thanks, Lisa. It's great to be here. So nice to have you. Alicia, before we start talking about healing, I'd like to ask you the least of five questions that I ask every guest that comes on the show. And my first question is, what did you have for breakfast today? Uh, I actually
3: had a gluten-free chia nut muffin. (laughs) I think I had like currants in it as well. That's not what what I
2: normally have, but. We were traveling, and we got home last night. That's all I had. <laughs> Sounds good to me. What is your favorite form of exercise? Uh, Pilates and walking. What's a habit you're either trying to break or add to your life? Hmm. Uh, I guess I would be adding just more uh, downtime. How do you spend the first hour of your day? Uh, Connecting with my dogs and myself. And who is someone in your life that inspires you?
3: Uh, Who is someone that inspired me? I don't know why this is stumping me, but... um, I guess my this various spiritual teachers that I had, not Great. one specific person.
2: Yeah. Okay, so Alicia, tell us your, a little bit of your story and what brought you to the work you're doing today. Um,
3: my story is, I guess uh, it's a long one. I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but I uh, had suffered from. Uh, chronic physical symptoms, uh, specifically candida-related, bloating, brain fog, um, emotional eating. I had uh, struggled for many years with eating disorders and body image and addictions, um, including to unhealthy relationships in my life. So... It kind of all added up to me going on a journey where I sold everything that I owned. I left a very successful corporate sales job and followed a calling that I had to go to Thailand, and that's where I uh, really researched and uh, ex- experimented with many different healing modalities mm-hmm. and uh, really was able to address my candida um, in a more committed way with the diet and um, did Vipassana retreat and shaved my head and did the whole kind of spiritual journey where I had given up everything that I owned. And, um, what it led me to was coming back to the states three years later and felt different and, um, felt almost healed. But then the same patterns kept tapping to me with men, um, and struggling financially and, um, through a relation, an old relationship pattern, my physical symptoms actually came back. And that's when I realized that uh, it was emotional and I really needed to address the, the root cause of all of my suffering and struggles and patterns and addictions and perfectionism. And that was uh, to heal my wounded inner child and uh, learn how to process more of my repressed emotions and uh, change the limiting beliefs that were formed based on uh, what happened to me as a child. And
2: that's the work that I specialize in now. So what I find so fascinating about your story is you came back and then you knew, somehow you knew you had to address these issues. Like, how did you know? And then how did you even know where to begin to address these issues? Um,
3: So I had done a lot of I mean, I have basically spent 10 years trying to heal myself using every modality, and I did start the healing journey um, even before I went to Thailand, and I did four years of uh, subconscious coursework on emotional patterns that stem from childhood. So I was very aware of these things, and um, I didn't... So I had awareness and some abilities and gifts myself of seeing into emotional patterns and what was going on. Uh, I worked with an emotional therapist uh, for a couple of years to help me uh, uh, finally process uh, repressed anger. So I had touched on pieces of it, but at the, that point when my symptoms came back and I said, this is emotional, I actually uh, went to my friend, Janet Raftus who is an energy healer and psychic medium, and she did an energy healing session on me, and she saw my inner child sitting cross-legged, knocking to come out. (laughs) So, it was confirmed that there was more work to be done to connect to her, to love her, to help her feel safe, uh, and that included, you know, processing out more emotions that were repressed But also what was repressed was my inner child and who she really was and the playfulness and the joy and all of that. So it really was a truly integrative process of becoming more of who I really am and releasing the pain.
2: So what I love about that is people hear all the time, mind-body connection, mind-body connection, but they don't really know what that means and I think what you're explaining right here is that all these issues that were you know in your body and in your mind were kind of separate, and somehow you managed to pull it all together to make sense of it does that Does that resonate? Yeah, definitely. Um,
3: i had I was aware, and, and many people are aware that um, there's an emotional root cause to physical symptoms, you know, through Louise Hayes' work and other um, books like that where it has, you know, if you're experiencing this, this is most likely what's um, the the thought pattern that's going on. But in those books, what was missing for me was how to um, heal it and, and move on from it. Um, and, and affirmations just doesn't cut it. So affirmations or tapping or hypnotherapy, it's all kind of addressing the symptom, but not helping you work it out. So what I do and all of the work that I do is
2: teach people how to do this on their own on an ongoing basis. And so how do people do this on their own on an ongoing basis?
3: Uh, Well, they're supported If they're working with me, um, it's learning um, about uh, the defenses. That's where I begin. Um, So that's why most people can't do this on their own because there have been defenses or protections that were formed as a child to not feel the pain. And so this whole process is about feeling the pain to release it, to move on from it, and also release the belief about yourself um, that was formed based on how other people were treating you or neglecting you and um, and so the defenses are so important and that's why I see that most people have a hard time moving through this process on their own because they have trouble even knowing what's in the way or what kind of um, patterns are in the way or resistance or if they feel fear they don't want to do it so I help um, guide them in a very loving and gentle and compassionate way to see, um, what's in the way for them. And, and then they can reparent their inner child to help them learn how to connect to their inner child and bond with them and reparent them with more compassion and nurturing. So it's really, I'm teaching them how to be their own inner nurturing mother, uh, to themselves. And, you know, that's something that, isn't modeled for us of how to be compassionate and nurturing um, into, for ourselves, our inner voice. And, um, and so I teach them how to do that, but also how to uh, go into the pain and, and feel safe and, and empowered in honoring um, the, the sadness and the anger that also needs to be felt. And it's, you know, a lot of people have fear around that or they think, well, that, that's not... I shouldn't feel that way, and, and that actually triggers that old shame of there's something wrong with me. Um, I, 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 I shouldn't feel this way, or it's not safe to feel this way. So it's a process for sure, and I, I work with people um, through it in a group, mostly group settings, um, because the group can also uh, be very powerful for them to share and be supported and be validated um, by other people.
2: And how important is that, you know, in this world we're taught like to just pick up and move on and resiliency is obviously so important and wonderful, but at the same time, I think that just sitting there with your feelings and feeling your feelings is something that we've overlooked for such a long time, the importance of validating and our own feelings, and I like how you said, almost like self-mothering, you know, because mm-hmm. no one else is going to take care of us except for us, right?
3: Right, yeah, and and oftentimes we haven't been ever cared for the way we needed, it. so it is foreign at first, you know, to um, be okay with feeling sad and actually honor your sadness, and, you know, and and so most people do everything to avoid feeling it or they um, project it onto other people. And, you know, there's all kinds of ways that people avoid, but um, just to be okay with not feeling good, you know, and especially in society, it's mostly about, are you okay? You feel okay? Okay, good. Then I'm okay if you're okay. (laughs) But if someone doesn't feel good, to not have to fix them, but just honor how they're feeling and let them feel that way. And, And then that we're able to do that when we do that for ourselves.
2: And especially, you know, those emotions are running so high right now in all different ways, positive, negative, you know, fear, excitement, everything due to the election. And I think that mm-hmm. more than ever, we need to really honor what we're feeling, no matter what it is, and be with that and be sensitive to realize that other people are feeling different things right now. And we can't maybe worry about them right now. We have to take care of ourselves. Maybe you yeah. can tell people a tip on how to do that.
3: Yeah, definitely. That's, um, it's so important right now. This, uh, what's happening, what I see is happening on a global level and definitely in the U.S. with the election is um, a major trigger. Uh, And this is what I work with in my programs is people get triggered by something and they think it's outside of themselves and they focus on what's the the trigger itself, but not actually what it's triggering inside of them. And so the trigger in this,
4: you know,
3: example would be Trump and what he stands for. And then they start to feel angry and project it onto Trump supporters, say, or Trump or the government or (laughs) and try to overthrow it. And it takes them out of their own process. And so that is an example of projection. So one way to care for ourselves during this time is to honor how you feel without Um, projecting it onto other people or making other people wrong, but honor the sadness that you feel for um, all the inequality, you know, and starting with yourself when you weren't treated right and when you were just being yourself, but you were judged or made wrong or objectified or abused or neglected. So I think it's triggering the old pain that we feel as children who have um, not been, you know, Fully loved and supported for who you are. And so, you know, taking time with what is triggering and when you, when you felt first felt that way and loving yourself and feeling these emotions will help, um, you come from a place of love instead of uh, fear. And so it's like creating safety to feel these feelings and then loving yourself and accepting your feelings can also love and accept other people for how they're feeling, and it could be different. They can have different opinions and views, um, and so I think the lesson here for all of us is to love and accept each other, and that's what is being triggered with Trump because we are seeing that he's not maybe loving and accepting everyone or wanting you know, everyone to be one and equal. Well, that um, can be also project- projected for people not loving and accepting the supporters of Trump.
2: I think it's a, thanks for those great points. And we all need to listen. Alicia, I know you have some programs coming up. Can you tell our listeners how to reach you and what's coming up for, you know, that you can offer right now?
3: Uh, Yes. My my, um, website is aliciamiller.com, And my name is spelled E-L-I-C-I-A, miller.com. And um, I have uh, a program that, is called Express What's Repressed. It's the initial program that everyone goes through when they work with me. Uh, and this is the core emotional healing process that I talked about with the inner child and reparenting and healing repressed emotions. And it's a group process. It's online for 60 days and I support everyone through it, through a private Facebook group as well. The next program is uh, starting in January. It'll be January and February of 2017. And... Uh, A deeper group process are the retreats, and I absolutely love doing retreats, and I do it with my friend Janet, who I spoke about before, who helped me with connecting to what I needed to do the inner child work. Um, and we do those in Costa Rica, and then we'll also have one coming up in Bali next year as well. Uh, so that's on the website. The next one is March uh, 11th in Costa Rica for seven days, uh, and it's really a magical, deep experience, um, and all the work that I do is with the group work is with women um, and uh, creating a safe Place where each person is valued and heard and seen, uh, which is uh, a part of the healing. It's what was missing as a child.
2: Sounds awesome. Alicia, it's been so great having you on the show. I could feel like I could talk to you all day long. (laughs) Love hearing this stuff. Thanks for stopping by and um, everybody reach out to Alicia. My next guest. Oh, you're so welcome
3: great to talk to you today and i feel like you know i'd like to continue talking about this with you as well so thanks.
2: Appreciate with, it.
3: Thanks for-
2: yeah stay in touch my next guest after the break is going to be paul michaels he is the life hacker and he's going to give you useful tips on to make small little hacks in your life to start feeling better right away again thanks alicia and i'll be back
0: after the break
1: Are you a busy, stressed, and hungry go-getter who knows what to do to get healthier but has trouble doing it? The problem with popular diets is that they were designed for other people, not you. Sure, they might work for the short term, but for the longer term results, you need a plan designed specifically for your unique body and lifestyle. How about the stress in your life? Do you ever stop and take a deep breath? Do you know what all this stress is doing to your health? Healthy living strategist and author of Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed, Lisa Lutan will get you on your way with coaching, online courses and challenges, and even retreats. You will learn tips and strategies to help you calm down, get healthy, and make you feel and look better than ever. For a limited time, Lisa Lutan is offering a free 15-minute breakthrough session to help you get started feeling better right away. Just visit HealthyHappyAndHip.com to get your free 15-minute breakthrough strategy session. That's Healthy, Happy, and Hip. Yes, you heard it right. HealthyHappyAndHip.com And enter your info in the contact page. Or listening to busy stressed and food obsessed to reach the program today please call 1-866-472-5792 again that's 1-866-472-5792 feel like sending an email instead send it to lisa at healthy happy, and hip.com. now back to busy stressed and food obsessed here again is lisa
2: lutan Hey, everybody, welcome back to the show. The theme today is empowerment. I have these great guests who are helping you learn ways to thrive. My next guest is Paul Michaels. Paul is a 50-year-old work-from-home dad of three teenagers who finally gave up on the idea of going to the gym, and in its place, he figured out how to live synchronously. I can't say that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. As a result, he lost 30 pounds and walked 1,000 miles in six months. Paul, welcome to the show.
4: Thank you, and uh, very happy to be on your show.
2: Great. Paul, before we dive into your life hacking tips, I'd like to ask you my five Ask Every Guest questions. Number one, what did you have for breakfast today?
4: <laughs> um, I had uh, cereal, and I'm one of these weird people that doesn't uh, eat just one kind of cereal. I mix like five different cereals together. So five different cereals, uh, soy milk, I cut up... Um, raw ginger, and put it on top, and a couple of raisins, and uh, that's how I sweeten that. And then I have a piece of fruit, and that's my breakfast.
2: Cool. What's your favorite form of exercise?
4: (laughs) I would say it changes uh, at different points in my life, but right now it's walking. You'll find out why.
2: What's a habit you're trying to either break or add to your life?
4: Break, and that is uh, getting to bed on time. Uh, It's a very, very hard thing to get right. Um, I know that uh, there are apps out there that warn you that you need to start getting to bed. So I have started playing with those, and I find that's helping me because it gives me a countdown to when I have to go walk the dogs and then when I have to get to bed. So,
2: How do you spend the first hour of your
4: day? Uh, I spend it walking the dogs, uh, having breakfast, and then doing a short meditation before I get into work.
2: And who is someone in your life that inspires you?
4: I would have to say um, there are three people, uh, but they come under one category. And I'm sorry, I can't answer questions straight, can I?
2: <laughs> That's good. I like I like interesting um, answers.
4: My kids who are now... Uh, Teenagers and and 20-somethings, I'm very impressed and uh, quite inspired by them and what they're doing. So that would be.
2: okay. so, Paul, you've got a great story, and I'd like you to share with our listeners your story of how how this all started for you and how you got where you are today.
4: Great. Well, I'm delighted Um, So again, my name is Paul Michaels, and I have uh, recently gone through a life transformation, and I want to share what I've learned with you and your audience about this, because uh, it's actually a pretty simple thing to do once you set your mind to it. Uh, So I was a 48-year-old work from a home father of three kids. Uh, At that point, four years ago, two were teenagers and one was uh, metamorphosizing into a teenager. So I'm sure some of your audience can appreciate that. Um, So I was living a pretty hectic North American lifestyle. Um, I, like many of your audience, had always been a dedicated desk sitter. Uh, I'd work at my business seven, eight, nine hours a day. And then I would spend hours in my day driving my kids around as their own private Uber car driver. Uh, and over the years, I packed on 35 pounds of extra weight. I also uh, suffer from back spasms. So that involved going to see doctors and chiropractors and physical therapists. And, you know, when, when the need uh, was there, I had to take pain meds as well. So, again, pretty typical and, and uh, a symptom of my lifestyle. And then the other thing is I rarely got enough exercise and I can say that I have no excuse and I'll tell you why. A brand new YMCA was built in my neighborhood and Lisa, I want you to guess how many steps away from my front door this brand new beautiful YMCA is.
2: Uh, 57.
4: Ah, well, okay. <laughs> Just I still have no excuse. Less than 500 steps.
2: Okay.
4: So I had no excuse to not go. Um, but the, you know, I would schedule it, but something would come up with the kids or my business and it would get postponed and there would be days and even weeks when I wouldn't go exercise. And so basically sure. I was doing everything wrong and I wasn't, I didn't think it was important to take care of myself, but I think this is something that's typical with a lot of people, uh, in North America. Now I, I gotta.
2: I Go think ahead. it's so typical, and I'm wondering: Did you just wake up one day and say, "This has to change"? What happened?
4: <laughs> this This is the hard part of telling my story because everybody expects, like a movie, you know. Uh, suddenly, I was clutching my chest. I was going into cardiac arrest. I, you know, all the none of that happened. <laughs> I, I just, I just one day just said, "Stuff this! I hate this! I'm unhappy." I'm unhealthy. I need to figure things out, and I'm a very curious person. So, uh, for me, you know, if you put a jumble of of things in my, you know, in front of me and said, "Figure out what this is," I'd be very happy. So, I basically took my curiosity and just started one day. The first thing I bought, the thing that was a catalyst to all of this, was buying my very first Fitbit four years ago, and uh, I will talk about it more. But that suddenly was a lens on my life and I couldn't ignore it anymore
2: so you so got the was, Fitbit and you said okay I'm gonna start walking were you like oh I'm gonna do 10,000 steps a day or how did you start
4: well again it's it's the curiosity so um, you know I, I I'm the main uh, sh- uh, food shopper in the family and I do most of the cooking so I would wear it and I would go food shopping and I'd look at it and go okay so I did a mile and a half huh Let's see if I can double that. How can I double that while I go shopping? So I would park f- the farthest away from the front of the uh, store, and then I would break up. You know, it's it's a shopping mall, which a lot of us have, and so I could go to another store for a couple of things. So I'd walk there, and then I would I would um, you know walk the shopping cart to the car, and then walk it back into the store. And so very quickly, I doubled my mileage. While I shopped, I have to shop. And so it's like, why not make it work for you? Uh, So I started applying that to everything I did because now I could see. You know, I had this device that would show me what was actually happening fact versus fiction or fact versus wanting to ignore it.
2: And so what I love about this is it's so doable and it's so real. And I'm sure everybody listening can relate to this and say, yeah, I can take a few extra steps here and there. And in your case, it really did make a difference, right? You lost 30 pounds from this, correct? Huge,
4: huge difference. Once I started putting these things into place and making these changes, and I didn't, people aren't going to change who they are and what they do. So my approach is to change how. They do the things that they are going to do anyway. And so once I started to apply that philosophy to what I was doing, six months I lost 30 pounds and I was shocked that I'd walked just doing what I normally do, a thousand miles. I mean, I, who, who walks a thousand miles? It's crazy.
2: Wait, and so you did not even change your diet in that time? You just added walking and lost 30 pounds started- from just walking?
4: I started, I know I, I also started to make changes to my diet, but it was the same philosophy. The, the, I tell people right off the bat, two things, two things to quit. If you want to be successful, quit dieting and quit going to the gym. Um, and and, you know, there's a lot of reasons why. But the quit dieting is you, you again, you can't change who people are. You can't force new food on them. So what I do is I start from the inside out and I basically say, OK, I love this snack great. What can I do to make this snack a little more healthy? So first thing is you make it smaller and I go through a process I call bento boxing, which helps you make it smaller. And and it takes time, you know, days, weeks, even months. And then you start auditioning other pieces of food to take place of the one or two pieces of food in your snack that aren't as healthy. And so you go through this process of slowly changing the food that you love but you still love the food you're eating. And so that was important. So it was both walking and um, diet as well.
2: So Um, I wanna touch upon what you just said, because I'm a big believer that diets don't work, but strategies do. And so the bento box strategy is is a good one. And I think also that we don't need to feel deprived in order to make changes in our life. There's always this thought that, I can't do this. I can't do this. I have to live without that. And you're a great example of someone who didn't have to. You just were able to change little by little what you were doing and get the results you want. Correct?
4: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and the beauty of that is it's permanent. You know, it's not, I, I've, I've throughout my life, I've seen my friends go on diets, lose weight, cheer, And then something goes off the rails and they gain the weight back and they're despondent. And, you know, it's a cycle. And it's absurd because you want to do things that actually make changes to your lifestyle that become part of you. And and therefore, you don't even have to think about it.
2: I couldn't agree with you more. It's just healthy lifestyle I do want to talk about the piece you said about never going to the gym though like what about resistance training what about all those other parts of the body that you don't that you're not working through walking
4: right um, so I'm I am I say quit the gym because uh, there's this expectation that there's this time of day that you need to go do this thing and if you can't do it, you can just push that time of day to another day, another week, whatever. So I'm, I'm speaking more about that. Now, the walking I do and, um, you know, basically my superpower is that I have changed the how. So I, I used to s- sit at a desk uh, and if you can imagine, you know, two pictures side by side, one picture of me at 48 years old, uh, balding, middle-aged dude uh, slumped over his keyboard working on his computer. And then on the right side, uh, a picture of me today, a uh, 52-year-old, I'm standing, I have a, a standing desk, and then under my feet is a little treadmill. And so I'm actually walking a mile to two miles an hour while I'm working which is not very Are you very walking fast. right now? I, I'm not just because uh, it might add a little noise and I didn't want to <laughs> add some background noise, but I, uh, I'm already up to 8,640 uh, 8, steps today. Um, wow. And yeah, and yesterday I was uh, it was a 15-mile day um, just working. So it's pretty insane. Um, but the, if you take a look at those two pictures, Uh, picture one and picture two, I'm doing the same thing. I'm working. Um, But the difference is that on picture one, I'm getting zero steps a day and zero steps a year. And, you know, uh, I'm just about to hit my fourth year anniversary of doing this. And I have walked almost 45% of the way around the earth just doing this. Wow.
2: That's so cool. I love that. Wait. To go I have back a to your really original question. question. Wait. Hold that, because I have an important. Like I've been oh. using a standing desk now for
4: probably about three. Oh years. no 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 no! We got to get your walking desk.
2: Well, that's what I talk about. So I felt like the standing desk really changed my life in terms of like I stopped getting any back pain. Yep. I loved my. I, I think my posture got better. So yep. many, so many, so many things. But let's talk about this treadmill desk. Like, is it actually a whole big unit with a desk nope. attached, or do you nope, put a desk nope, over nope. your treadmill?
4: No, um, I have a DIY setup, but uh, if you were to get a professional setup, which i'm I'm pining for, I think you know, I think after doing uh, uh, almost twelve thousand miles, I should probably get myself a real one. But anyway, <laughs> uh, really what it is is it's just the bottom part of the treadmill. so it's it's the um, the plate, the motor, and the uh, tread, the actual um, you know tread that goes around. So that's all it is, and then you have a controller that goes up on your desk. So there's no other parts to it. And so you
2: buy it like that? You don't take something yeah, apart?
4: Well, I, my DIY desk that I have now, I took apart and all that kind of stuff. But no, if, if you get a real one, um, it just comes like that. Yeah. That's, so,
2: that's a and, great tip.
4: Oh yeah, you and I we have to talk afterwards cuz it's just <laughs> no excuse for you not to.
2: No, I'm excited. I've actually oh, yeah. looked at them in the past, but um I think after have to the right setup and I think that's so great. But I do want to go back to that issue about going to the yeah. gym because a lot of people enjoy the gym and a lot of people it's their social, you know, and piece of the day and they are moving so their bodies in lots of different ways. So I don't I don't want it to be like it's a bad thing no, to go to the gym.
4: Not at all. And and so you should and the thing is success feeds on itself all right so we we take the first mindset of i've got to stop canceling this thing that is not real it's just on my schedule and i have to figure out how i can kind of get a base of health and what i've done is by changing the how of what i do anyway i have a base of health i weigh what i weigh when i was 19 i'm 52 and I I think I'm in better shape now. So now, all of a sudden, it's like, I can, here's the crazy part. I can walk 15 miles in a day while I work at my treadmill desk. And if you wanted to, if you said, let's go out dancing afterwards, I say, hey, sure, no problem. I am no more tired. In fact, I'm less tired than if I was sitting at a desk. Okay.
2: Okay. So, so now. I want to I leave time for you to tell us about your programs right now, but. Just tell us, what speed do you walk at?
4: Uh, anywhere. It, it depends on my mood, but anywhere from 1.5 to 1.7 uh, miles an hour. And my kids on occasion have heard house music coming from the basement and they come down and I'm, I'm trucking it at two miles an hour. So it's, <laughs> it's anywhere from one to two. Um, and it's, it, you can type no problem. You can talk no problem. I do Photoshop. I do everything that way. And it's, it's just wonderful.
2: Well, I could talk to you all day, but um, we're going to be okay. going to break shortly. So tell everybody how yeah. they can find you.
4: All right. So two really quick things. I have a worksheet for how you can reinvent your daily work life. It's called Learn How to Work Out at Work and Reach 10,000 Steps a Day. There are two free downloads there as well that I'll help you. The link is workoutatworkeveryday.com. You don't need the www. Just workout at Work. Everyday.com. It'll take you to that. You can start figuring out what you can do at your workday. Second thing is the triple two challenge, which is me spilling my guts, everything I've learned in an email course. And it's fun. I take you through uh, a challenge format. You can do it alone or with friends. And you can get that at uh, just the letter, the number two, 222 challenge.co. And again, no www, 222 challenge.co both those things are free it'll get you going it'll get you on the track and you will see immediate results from all of those things
2: sounds great i can't wait to do them myself i can't wait to go get a, a treadmill under my desk let's, let's <laughs> this talk. is awesome yeah we do have to talk anyway paul it was so nice having you on the show today really appreciate you stopping by and thanks for all these amazing tips
4: Wonderful. I'm very happy to be here and uh, everybody have a wonderful Thanksgiving.
2: Yes. Yes. So we're going to be heading to a break. After that, we're going to be talking with my next guest, Dean Griffiths, and Dean is known as the Soul Whisperer. So stay tuned and we'll be back after the break.
0: Follow us on Twitter at Voice TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. Are you a busy,
1: stressed, and hungry go-getter who knows what to do to get healthier but has trouble doing it? The problem with popular diets is that they were designed for other people, not you. Sure, they might work for the short-term, but for the longer-term results, you need a plan designed specifically for your unique body and lifestyle. How about the stress in your life? Do you ever stop and take a deep breath? Do you know what all this stress is doing to your health? Healthy living strategist and author of Busy, Stressed and Food Obsessed, Lisa Lutan will get you on your way with coaching, online courses and challenges and even retreats. You will learn tips and strategies to help you calm down, get healthy and make you feel and look better than ever. For a limited time, Lisa Lutan is offering a free 15-minute breakthrough session to help you get started feeling better right away. Just visit HealthyHappyAndHip.com to get your free 15-minute breakthrough strategy session. That's Healthy, Happy, and Hip. Yes, you heard it right. HealthyHappyAndHip.com. And enter your info in the contact page.
0: are listening to busy
1: stressed and food obsessed to reach the program today please call 1-866-472-5792 again that's 1-866-472-5792 feel like sending an email instead send it to lisa at healthy happy, and hip.com. now back to busy stressed and food obsessed here again is lisa lutan
2: Hey everybody, welcome to the show. We're talking about empowerment today. My next guest is Dean Griffiths. Dean is known as the soul whisperer. His passion in life is empowering women to live a life of purpose. His clients are successful female entrepreneurs who find themselves at a crossroads in their life searching for something more fulfilling with a deeper desire to know themselves better and a knowing that they have more to offer the world. Dean, welcome to the show.
5: Hey, Lisa. Thanks for having me on the show.
2: As you can see, Dean is calling us from England. Big treat for us. Dean, I have five questions (laughs) that I ask every guest before we jump in. And the first question is, what did you have for breakfast today?
5: This morning I had yogurt and gluten-free granola.
2: What is your favorite form of exercise?
5: For me, actually, there's two. One is weight training, and then the other one, you know, I love stretching and yoga.
2: What's a habit you're trying to break or add?
5: Actually, the habit I'm actually trying to create more of right now is actually meditation. I'm trying to get into a more regular routine of meditating every day.
2: How do you spend the first hour of your day?
5: The first hour is normally time with myself. I'm planning my thoughts for the day, what I want to do today, what what I want to achieve from the day. Breakfast, my meditation, maybe some stretching in that time. But that's generally how my first hour of each day normally starts.
2: And who is someone in your life that inspires you?
5: Oh, so many people. I mean, my friends always inspire me. I mean, that's that you know, my close friends are always there to inspire me, especially when things are going up and down in life. But my real inspiration are my two daughters, Georgia and Eliza.
2: So nice. Well, Dean, I'm really curious. How did you become the Soul Whisperer?
5: (laughs) You know what? Actually, the the name actually came through a conversation with a close friend. We were thinking, you know, how do I really connect with people? And the Heart Whisperer was the first name that came up. And actually, we realized that it's really about connecting at a very deep level which is the soul level, and this is where the soul whisperer kind of came from my you know my passion is about connecting with people at a deep level, but actually with their soul, not with the, not with the physical being but with their soul because the soul's really telling me what's going on with the person, so as an intuitive, I connect with people on an energetic level to understand what's really happening with the energy of that person and the situations that they're creating in their life rather than just the physical aspect of what they experiencing I want to know how is it actually playing out from an energetic perspective? So really it just helps me then understand why they're going through the situations they're going through in life. And then it's easier for, them, for me then to guide them through that so they get to actually experience what they really want from the situation.
2: And so I think we're so used to talking out everything. Like, how would this be different than, say, coaching? I mean, you said you're going down to an intuitive level. Can you walk us through what that might look like? Yeah, sure. So I
5: mean, you know, a lot of my clients come to me, they're normally relationships is a key area. And, you know, similar to to what's happening in the US at the moment with the elections is when you come out of a, of, of a relationship, all, all of your emotions are very raw. There's a lot of emotions in what you're happening. So you, you're not really understanding the situation that you've created right now in your life. And this for for a lot of people can be quite hard to really understand why their relationship didn't work. So often as an intuitive, I can give them insights to understand in terms of the energy, why they went into that relationship in the first place. And then the gifts that they they actually got from that relationship. Once they understand that every situation in your life, good or bad, is there for a reason. And it's there to teach you something or give you a gift that you can use to make you stronger as a person. So as an intuitive... It just allows me to help them to see their life from a different perspective.
2: You mentioned on your website about befriending your fears. Can you talk about that a little bit?
5: Yeah, sure. I mean, for me, you know, if I look at all the situations in life, what, what I can cons- or, or what we consider to be the, the worst situations in their life for me are the gifts. That's where most people learn to grow as human beings when, when we're in the most frightening situations in our life. This is when our true strengths come through. And these are the times actually we learn so much that not often we can look back after a period of time and realize actually that period of time or that situation was actually a gift. And actually we got so much from that situation. So one of the things I, I work with most of my clients on is understanding that your fears are your friend. They're here to, to to guide you, to teach you things about yourself, about the life that you're living, and then how you can use them to kind of improve and actually get the things that you want in life. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's so true. I always find like our worst experiences are our best teachers. And so that, you know, if we go in with this attitude of curiosity, you know, what can I learn from this experience? I think life just becomes that much richer. Wouldn't you agree?
5: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I'm I'm sure most people who are listening to the show would would actually say, you know, if if we give a period of time after the situation and we actually then go back and review what happened, we can always see the benefits of that situation happening. Going, oh wow, you know what? If that hadn't happened, these situations that came after that, you know, if we take a relationship example, you end up meeting then someone else who's even. Even more amazing than the last person, you go, Wow, well, then actually, that last relationship ending was actually a gift because now I'm actually with someone who's even more compatible with me now than the last person.
2: So true. I always said to my kids, If I'd gotten into my first choice of college, they wouldn't have been born. And so we can really look at things and go, Yeah, it usually does work out for the best in some way. We don't always see it that way, but over time, we come to know that that's true. Now, Dean, one of the things that you talk about a lot is the whole mind-body connection. And I know that you started as a trainer, as a sports therapist. Can you tell us what you learned about that mind-body connection through the work that you've done?
5: Yeah, you know, the the, the thing that drove me into understanding the mind more was that I was working with a lot of physical issues, but actually I was seeing that actually a lot of those physical issues actually had a a mental or emotional connection to it. So that kind of allowed me to go and say, Okay, so what's really happening here? So, you know, if we take, for instance, the right side of the body is the masculine side and the, the left side of the body is the feminine side. So often when we look at issues and we go, if you've got an issue on your right side, maybe there's, there's a masculine issue within yourself or you actually have issues with uh, a male in your life and the same with the, the, the left side and the feminine side. You know, in, in Chinese medicine, for instance, we look at the, the right shoulder reflexes to the liver and uh, gallbladder. with the liver and gallbladder also links into the emotions of anger and frustration. And then the left shoulder links into the stomach and spleen, which links into the emotions of, of worry. So we start to see these patterns in people when they have their physical injuries and and then we can link it back, you know, are you going through a particular situation or have you been going through a particular situation at the time that may have led to this injury? Because most people's physical injuries come out of generally just Doing nothing, you know I had one client who was reaching under a table to to pick up a box, and her back went. But when we actually reviewed it, we realised actually her relationship issues were had been building up, and this was her body letting her know that she couldn't handle the issues in the relationship any longer, and once we resolved that, actually her back issue also disappeared.
2: Wow, so I, I just love this stuff, I, I'm fascinated by how trauma gets trapped in your body and how it shows up in the most unusual ways. So yeah, you know, once, we recog- once we recognize that we have these pains in our body and we recognize that there is an emotional component to it, how how do we get rid of that physical pain?
5: Well, the, you know, the first thing I teach most of my clients is to take responsibility for the situations that they've created in their life. Even the things that you can justify uh, someone else's fault or uh, something else, society or your, your, your boss's fault is if you can take full responsibility for everything in your life, then you own it. While you're blaming someone else or something else for your problems, you can't change it because it's not yours yet. So the first thing I would say is take responsibility for absolutely everything that's ever happened in your, in your life. Now you own it. Now you can change it and do whatever you wanted with it. So this is the first key that I use for most clients, and this can be sometimes a hard issue, hard one for a lot of people to get, especially in situations where they can really justify why it wasn't their fault in the first place. You know, I had one client who had been abused, physically abused in several relationships, and it took her a good three to six months to realize that she, she was the, the dom- dominating factor in all those three relationships. That was the reason why she kept going to the same relationships one after the other.
2: So isn't that a little like blaming the victim there? The
5: thing is, is it's easy to, uh, we use the word blame, but actually for me it's about taking ownership. Because it's a situation that in our mind we've created, and actually now it's just become a story. Because if we look at our lives, all we have is an accumulation of stories. And actually even the stories that we tell ourselves are not even true. These are just versions of or our interpretation, our perception of what actually played out in the situation. So once we can let go of blaming everybody, including ourselves, which is, again, a a big one for a lot of people, is that then we can realize, actually, this is a gift, this is a situation that, that came into my life for a reason. I may not always understand it straight away, but actually, if I observe it as a movie, and then watch and see what actually really happened, I start to really then understand... What actually I've created in my life, actually how I can learn and gain so much more from this situation. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's totally like recognizing that we have a role in every relationship, you know, and I think it's so easy to say, you know, oh, he did this or she did that, but we have to step up and say, well, why? Why? You know, and what was my role in this whole thing? Because a relationship is based on two people. And I, I think that's really important. And I think that there is so much blaming going on on every level, you know, on a personal level, on a national level, probably a global level. Everyone wants to blame everybody else. And I, I do agree that if we can bring it back to taking responsibility, I think that's a great step for world healing right now.
5: Yeah, you know, I totally agree, especially with what's been happening in the U.S. right now. There's a lot of raw emotions after the elections. You know, And what, with what we, we have experienced in the U.K. with Brexit, it was very similar. But what actually what we learned from it is when we give it a little bit of time, we actually step back from the situation and allow life just to carry on for a little bit. We actually realize that actually what's actually happened may not suit every single person, but actually it wasn't actually as bad as we thought. And actually now we can actually start to see well, what can we do with this new situation that we've created? Because we can, we can blame it on Trump or, or Clinton, but actually we've all created this situation for, for a reason. So we all have to take ownership of that and go, okay, so what do I do with this situation? I can't change it now, but I can do something with what the opportunities has given me in life.
2: I think those are super wise, wise words. Dean, will you tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you?
5: Sure. So I have my website, deangriffiths.co.uk. Um, I have a, a living a life of purpose free ebook for people who want to sign up there, but I also do intuitive readings via Skype. And I also do a an inner journey coaching program, which lasts about a year or so for those who actually want to dive in deeper into what I call like the juicy stuff.
2: Wow. That does sound juicy. And if you're doing a Skype intuitive session, what is that like for someone? So,
5: You know, most of the time what I do is I I will ask someone just to email me beforehand. I work better when I don't have little information about a person. So I'm really then tapping into the energy of the person and the situation. So with relationships, I'll ask the first names of both people in the relationship And then what I do is I can tell you about the energy of those two people, how it will work for those two people, and then where the issues may come up from. So often most of the readings, I will ask a lot of information via email, first of all, go back and give the first part of the reading by email. And then once we get onto Skype, then we can dive in deeper and really understand what the situation is that that people have got in their life.
2: That sounds really powerful. I think it's, you know, it's such a nice thing to find alternative healing modalities to just therapy for couples. And I think that, you know, going to that soul level like you were talking about can be so liberating for people.
5: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's being able to let go of the, the physical world that we live in, the physical experiences that we're living in, and understand that is actually from a soul's perspective – it's all about the emotions. Once you realize actually we're emotional beings and we we forget, you know, all of our physical experiences come about because of our emotions and our thoughts. So once we realize that once we understand those and we start to use those in the right way, well, then our physical experiences change also. And actually, you know, I always say, look, how you react to life is how life reacts to you. So once you realize that or you change your reaction to life, then you realize actually... Live then reflects back to you the way that you're feeling.
2: Amen. Dean, thanks for being on the show today. It was a pleasure talking to you. I feel like I could keep talking for hours. It's just fascinating stuff, and I love the work you're doing. So thanks so much.
5: No, my pleasure, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me on the show.
2: Well, it's been a great show today. This is Lisa Lutan. If you want to get in touch with me, you can visit my website, www.healthyhappyandhip.com. Get on my newsletter and um, stay in touch. Take care. Have a great day.
1: you've enjoyed today's episode on busy, stressed, and food obsessed. Did you get some great ideas from today's show? Join Lisa Lutan again next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and 12 noon Eastern time on the Voice America Health and Wellness channel. Have a great week.